Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody. Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's been a little bit. We on a little bit of a summer vacation and, and no better way to uh, kind of ring back in. Football's back in a week. No better person to have on. John Franklin Myers, Jets uh, star defensive end. JFM, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. Got a couple of workouts in. Watching go to this little cycling class after this and get a little cardio in before uh, next week. There we go. I used to teach spinning uh, back in the day. And so, so, you know, I still uh, may have to start, may start taking it up again. But no, obviously, kind of peak of the summer, you know, as we're recording this, you got a lot of sauce and uh, Sante Samuel going at it. And now Revis is involved. It's a whole, it's a whole mess. Um, peak July pre-camp football on Twitter. How excited are you right now? Just knowing, I mean, no one really like looks forward to camp. If any, I know people hate that, but like no one like wants to play. Not no one likes camp. But how excited do you kind of put pads back on and actually play football for real? Shoot, I'm, I'm excited. I think you know you kind of get to a point in each off season where like I mean, all right, we we broke enough, and and you know you ask me in December, and I'm gonna be like, oh man, this season for long. Like you know, let's try to win this Super Bowl and get home as soon as possible. And and obviously that's not how life works. Um, but nah, I mean, you know, you get a you get about a week off, and me, it's about two weeks, and after that, I'm like, all right, like, I ain't used to being home this much. I don't know what to do with myself, what to do with my time. So I, I've definitely missed it. Um, but had a great off season. Um, spent a lot of family time, uh, kind of reset my body, and kind of got back to the basics. Um, after having a little surgery in the off season, so that definitely. I mean, mentally helped me, but physically, I mean, I feel better than I felt before. How much of last year were you kind of struggling with the with the foot and the and the ankle and everything like that? How much was that? Did that impact you feel like at all or not really? It was kind of just like play through it and then take care of it in the offseason. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like, so 2019, my foot like really was messed up and I sat out that, that year. It was an IR and stuff. Um, and it's just kind of just one of those chronic things that's going to happen throughout my career. And um to about week four or five, 
I mean, it's just little things that always happen. I broke my pinky toe in the first game, and I'm playing on that, playing with my my foot numb for a few games, and then uh, so that was just weird. And then you go, and then I pull my groin, and this off season end up like after seeing the surgery report, I didn't realize how bad you know my groin and psoas and my adductors were. Um, so definitely was the best option to go ahead and get that fixed. Uh, and that's what I had this off season. And I mean, we never reset our bodies. So, I mean, after core muscle surgery and tearing my groins and stuff, it was just kind of like, all right, like I got to start back at squatting body weight and then squatting the 25 on each side and, you know, back there. So it was just like, it was definitely humbling. It was definitely an experience that, um, I think in the long run would make me better because I did give my body that much of a break and did kind of, again, reset my body. So um, injuries are part of the game and ain't no excuse on my behalf to, I mean, regardless of what happened, go out there and play it. And I did. And, you know, I have no regrets of last season and this season is going to be even better. Yeah, look, I think injuries happen and you're, the healthiest day you're going to be is July 19th. You guys are going to put on pads. You guys put right. on helmets, and it's only going to go downhill from there. Um, I, I'm kind of curious of kind of just looking back quickly at last season, then we can kind of move forward to more positive things in, in some senses. Was last year one of those years where you felt like – did you leave last year with a sour taste in your mouth? Or you were like, we grew so much as a team. This defense went from a defense that statistically was a bottom two, bottom three unit, whether that's – the way it was or not, that's just the way the stats kind of rolled. And then this year, you're, you know, you go and turn into a top five defense overnight. Do you look at that positive or do you go, we're seven and four heading into Buffalo. Mike White doesn't break his ribs. Are we a playoff team? Like what, what kind of part, how, how hard is it to balance? Which like where you kind of stand with looking back at last year? Yeah. I mean, looking back at last year, you just kind of take it for what it was and, and you we what it was was a team that started out hot and and didn't finish the season as hot and you know when you look at life like that I think it becomes easier and I think you're you're able to manage it you're able to move on from that a little more and you're able to have something to look forward to and you're not sticking but you know looking back on the past and doing this and that and talking about some of the stuff that should have could have would have happened you know hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, if we could all go back and do X, Y, and Z, we would all be a millionaire and be a next president. All right, States. one of us on this podcast is a millionaire, so I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> hey, what? What? what fuck? I'll be a millionaire. All right, one day, one day, well, I'll get on your level soon. <laughs> but no, I mean, you, you, it, it's all about it's all about perception and how you perceive anything. You know, in life is you know can turn into a good or a bad thing and. You know, we played great as a defense, and you could say certain times in the season, we played great as a team. Um, and as a defense, you know, we definitely have to take the ball away. Um, we definitely have to turn some of our pressures into sacks. And um, as a D-line, I mean, we put that all on ourselves. We put that, you know, on us. Every loss we we took, we put that on us, and we're in the meetings, and we're trying to figure out how to get better. And all our coaches talking about is like, man, you got the sack, you, but like, look at this, like, this could have been a strip sack. And then same thing with me, Bryce and Sheldon, Carl, like that was such, such a, a thing that we had to get better at and something that we have to get better at this season. Um, and, and they're stressing that. And, and it's important for us. It's going to take us to the next uh, level as a team and as a defense. So 
Um, it has to happen. Yeah, it's something that Robert Sala talked a lot about this offseason. It's something that anyone who watches football knows, obviously. Look, last year, you guys offensively, I'll say, you don't have to say it, there, was, there were struggles at times. And it puts it a lot on the defense, especially offenses can be a lot less predictable because they either have a play with a lead or they're, they don't really feel like this urgency to go score. Um, now that you bring in a different quarterback and a guy that's not just a different quarterback, it's a guy's won four MVPs. He's won two of the last three, obviously. He's a first battle Hall of Famer. Does that get you excited knowing team's probably going to have to throw a little bit more next year and it's going to have to be a lot more like kind of a flip-flop of last year where you guys threw the ball a shit ton and it's because it was, you know, you get down early, you got to start coming back. You obviously hope it's the opposite direction this year. Does that get you guys excited as a defensive line, especially where this defense is so built off that front four, get pressure with four and everything can take care of itself on the back end? Yeah, you look at, uh, you know, kind of how we go about our business. And in any case, I mean, you know, yes, the offense didn't play the best last year and this and that. I mean, again, it's all about how you look at it. And me, I'm like, shit, I get paid to play defense. So at the end of the day, I can't complain for having to do my job. You know, that's part of it. And, and shit, again, you know, you take a negative, you turn it to a positive, you say, hey, look, man, like, why don't I go out here and try to make something happen? Or, you know, as a team, why don't we go out here and try to, you know, turn some of these again? some of these uh, PBUs in the pigs, some of these pressures in the sacks and, and you know, whatnot, some of these tackles in the force fumbles even. Um, so, again, you know, you can always point the blame. And, and sometimes you just have to take it on the chin and say, look, man, I got to be better. And and with Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I mean, it should help, you know, but, again, we none of us can tell the future. None of us understand. And, you know, me personally, um, just the way I go about my business, I'm like, shoot, whether we score 100 points or 10 points, like, I expect to win that game. And, um, again, no matter what, I'm going to put it on us as a defensive line first and as a defense second and say, hey, look, man, the game's on us. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a hell of a player. And, yes, he's going to go out there. He's going to – you know, you know with him, you're always going to have a chance to win the game. And, shit, I mean, what a mindset, you know, more than anything. That's a – like, shit, that's a great feeling to have – fourth quarter, last drive of the game, offense has the ball, it's about a 75% chance, you know, probably that you probably going to get a touchdown and get some points out of that. So, yes, I mean, we're all excited about having him. Um, but, again, the message is if we play good as a defense, we take the ball away as a defense, it don't matter who the fuck's playing quarterback. It don't matter who's at running back. And, shit, they probably could put me at running back a couple of plays. They could do the uh, you could do the Twitter debates of a million dollars or – or average fan. I saw that I was floating around. Anybody oh. that picks anybody that picks thinks they can gain five yards in the NFL, I assure you, you end up in a hospital. Please <laughs> take the million, please take the million dollars. See me, I'm taking it. Whatever. The most money, I'm gonna do it. Really. Yeah, it said it can can someone score 50? It was like, can you score 15 points in an NBA game? And it was like someone said like, I'm just dribbling and going at somebody. I'll take the offensive fouls. If I go the line eight times, I'm good. And I was like, I don't hate that strategy. For real though, I'm like, man, look, 15 points. All right, I probably got, I ain't scored 15 points in too many high school basketball games, but I also wasn't going for 10 or 50 million dollars. Yeah, the adrenaline <laughs> raises a little bit. <laughs> look, I could score 181 points like Kobe. <laughs> now you you mentioned something. The one thing I think you mentioned that I've kind of it's been a consistent message with, uh, whether it's 
you know, Michael Carter's mentioned this, Rice Huss mentioned this on the pod. Um, a million people have mentioned this. The expectation level when Aaron Rodgers came here, there's just it's a different feel and I think a different vibe. Whether it's just from a team perspective, it's like whether internally you guys expect to win, you always do, but now it's externally like, all right, now people are talking about you guys every single day. I know it's in New York, so it's exemplified. Then on top of that, it's Aaron Rodgers, so it's times a thousand. Then it's Seahawks fans talking shit about sauce, and it's Saints fans don't like Garrett Wilson, and you know all these different things because you know Tom's always rookies. Do you guys did you guys feel though, a difference when he when the guy like him comes in the building or Randall Cobb or these guys that you know there's a couple Packer guys that like want a title and have this expectation of being in the playoffs every year? Does that change anything for you guys, or it's like get along for the ride, let's go win a Super Bowl? No, I think uh, again, it's it's also like, you know, we had Zach and he was the whatever number two pick or whatever he was, and uh, you asked me two years ago, we was going sixteen and zero, you know, <laughs> we was going to win the Super Bowl. So uh, I think, you know, when you get to the beginning of each and every season, man, why not? Like, yeah, hell yeah, we're gonna win the Super Bowl, shit, and I expect. The Bears and I expect the Packers and I expect the Rams and everybody else to say that, you know. Um, and, and Aaron Rodgers brings that that cool boy, that like relaxed type of personality. Um, and to see that personality mixed with a man who's about his business um, is it, a great sight to see. It makes the coaches feel better, even. And you can see it in OTAs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're great players and what they've done in this league. I mean, it probably not too many people can say they've done that. Uh, and it definitely helps the morale of the team. It definitely helps even a guy like Zach. And um, I mean, shoot, just seeing the strides he's made and OTAs, I mean, he looks, he looks extremely better. Um, and seeing these guys talk in the locker room, I mean, that shit is, it, it's crazy because, that's what I always, I mean, coming from the rounds of my rookie year, that's what we did. Like, all the vets in the room, I'm seeing the key to leave and Marcus Peters and stuff, and they're talking to the young guys and coaching them up in the locker room. Um, I'm seeing Brock talking to me all the time in the locker room and AD doing the same thing. Uh, so, I mean, that's just what I was used to. And then you get a younger team and you realize, like, it ain't too many of us that can talk you know, kind of out of turn and coach anybody up because ain't nobody really did shit, you know? And at the end of the day, like, you know, a, a player-led team is a championship team, and that's what we're trying to get to, and that's what we've been trying to get to. Um, the coaches understand that, and, you know, obviously we see what type of roster we have now compared to even two years ago, and, I mean, it's night and day better. There's some playmakers, there's defenders, great quarterback, great, I mean, shit, you can keep on naming shit. They probably ain't too many weak spots on the team. And now it's all about going out there and putting together. And if we do that shit, why not us? Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned that, that you know, that defense, obviously we talk about you guys kind of making a huge leap last year. You, know, you got all pro level players at all three, all, you know, all three levels of the defense. You got a defensive line that's got a million first round picks. You got a bunch of guys that have gotten paid, a bunch of guys that are going to get paid. You guys, like, I know everyone probably, you know, you try to talk about it. Niners probably think they have the best D-line. The Eagles probably think they have the best D-line. I think there's an argument to be made, you know, one through nine and one through ten, which is crazy to 
you know, most teams don't even carry maybe seven or eight. You guys are carrying nine or dressing nine or 10 on game day. You guys feel like you're the best D line in football. No, I mean, I think you guys are the best corner trio in football. And I think there's an argument to maybe you have the best D line, you know, you maybe don't have a Nick Bosa that's winning defensive player of the year at, D- at edge. No, I mean, that in a disrespectful way as possible, eight twenty whatever sacks, but you have, it's like we could put off or we'll put four down any, you know, rotation, you know, ones, twos, threes. And like we, everyone on that, you know, everyone at D-line can play. Yeah, you look at it and, and everybody, again, like I say, you're supposed to think you got the you, best D-line. You better right? think that, especially if you play defense. I'm sorry. You you better have confidence. Otherwise, like. That's what I'm like. They're supposed to be a debate. They're supposed to be guys It's like. I mean, I even see Camp Jordan and the edge rusher came thing came yeah. out talking, and I'm like, he has a point. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't be considered fucking uh, Michael Parsons shouldn't be on the edge rusher, <laughs> like you know, or they need to take me and Cam Jordan off of you. Get what I'm like? There, there should be, but me, it is what it is. Look, I'm an edge rusher. I'm gonna go out here and I want to produce like one of these other motherfuckers, like yeah. even. Though- damn 300 pounds i expect to be at the top of that list and and me personally like ain't no excuse on that so shit i mean at the end of the day like when when that season starts shit it's time to show them who the best d-line is and, and yes we considered ourselves and we know we're the best d-line and now we just gotta go put it all together and go do it um what you there's arguments to be had we're the deepest d-line and Shit, that probably shouldn't be too much of an argument because you can't name any other teams with a deeper D-line than us. Um, but to show we're the best, we have to go out there and do that. And obviously, you know, so like the 49ers and the Eagles, um, especially those two, um, those are great defensive lines. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Eagles, I mean, shit, you can arguably say like, shit, they should be the motherfuckers talking about they the best because shit, they had and four guys with 10 sacks. like 80 you know, sacks last year. Like, I mean, shit, if I'm them, I'm like, ah, oh, nah. How, like, how is this even an argument, you know? And, again, they should say that, and that's cool. I want them to. Like, but when the season starts, we're going to see. Yeah, look, I was just going to ask you, kind of, you segued into a question I was kind of curious about. There's the the biggest, I would argue, with top five debate on Jets Twitter, which makes me want me and LeJay Dews will want to blow our brains out. We talk about this every single time I see it on my timeline. It's oh, NASCAR package, you move inside, right? Like, you kick inside, you and Q rush, or you and Sheldon last year would rush, and Q, and then Bryce comes in, or maybe it's a Will McDonald, whoever it is this year, comes in and, you know, rushes opposite Carl. That's fine. You're a 4-3 edge, and, like, nobody wants to move you more into a defensive tackle just to get more ed- another edge rusher on the field more than, than the Jets fans, which is fine, but, like yeah. – you're a four, you're an edge. I got why is why do you feel like that happens? Do you think it's a compliment to you that you can you can play in like a versatile you know a versatile style to play, you know three I or five tech and you can play wide nine all that stuff. Do you think it's a compliment or you're like guys stop moving me out of my goddamn position? Yeah, I think um, I think you could you could say look uh, twenty twenty, you know I mean I was arguably like shit based on numbers and whatever you want to put out there, one of the most productive defensive tackles in the NFL. And I think we're, you know, naturally we're all kind of taking that and look, oh man, he needs to play D-tackle. Well, I was in the pass rush, probably one of the most productive. And in the run, I probably was closer to one of the least productive, you know? And 
I think when you look at that and you look at what I did in 2021 and I mean, even 2022, like I was a way better run stopper on the edge and, and you can pull up my tape, put it next to anybody else's and you ain't going to see nobody do what I do. Like, that's just the truth of the matter. You know, there's no, there's no, like when it's time to go, it's time to go. And that's run or pass. Like I'm no liability. Um, and I'm, you know, when it's that time shit that whoever's lined up against me knows they better strap their shit up because it's time to go. So, um, it is, it is, it's funny to, it's funny to watch, um, you know, more so because guys, nobody knows what the hell they're talking about, you know, but, you know, when I look at it and I look at, you know, what I'm comfortable doing and the coaches understand uh, what would benefit us the most, um, then obviously me playing defensive end and some of the rundowns and sliding inside during the past is the best thing for the team um, and the best thing for myself. You know, if, if we look at it just for uh, my point of view, um, that's what I'm comfortable doing. Um, but at the end of the day, when it's that time and the coach asked me, you know, hey, can you play some reps at three tech? Sure. Like, you know, at the end of the day, um, again, I can play to play defense and, and whatever helps the team win is what I'll do. But shoot, I don't know why they want me to play D tackle so bad. We got we got Quentin Williams and Al Woods and Solly and Tanzel, like Q Jeff. Shit. Can yeah, I play? Yeah, there's a million guys. Like he's not trying to move every now, nah, everyone likes wants to move everybody, but like I think that's what people, you know, big advantage you guys have is you're a lot of guys that can play a lot of different spots. Um, you know, there was a ton of times last year you guys just went three, you know, overload on one side. You basically kind of left you or Carl on one side and then overloaded the entire other side with with three guys and, and create a good matchup. So I think people should let Aaron Oycott and, and, and Obrick and, and Salah do their job and then we'll figure it out from there. I want to ask you a couple quick things. One, we kind of talk about a lot of, you know, fans and Twitter and media. Why does CJ Mosley not get as much respect as like he should from like the market as a whole? I feel like every year it's the same conversation. Like oh, CJ Mosley needs to take a pay cut or like CJ Mosley. I don't know, man. He's a second team all pro. And the year before he was really good. And he had missed two year, full years. He was a pro bowler before that. Everyone on the team loves him. He's outspoken. He calls out plays. Like, what am I missing here? Am I, am I an idiot? Like, I don't get it. I mean, I think, I think, and I mean, shit, I ain't the only one that sees it. It's more so like, and it's with the NFL in general. If you make more than $2 million and you- I was going to say, you probably get it too now because it's like you got an extension. So now it's like, instead of being an underrated guy, it's like, oh, JFM is six and a half sacks. Like, do you watch the game? Yeah, for real. And it's like, what about, what about my impact on the game? You know, like- what about you turn on my tape? But again, CJ and we all probably can make that same argument. CJ is, you know, one of the best linebackers in football. And I don't know why he doesn't get treated like it. I mean, you know, shit. And truthfully, it's only because he's making $18 million a year that people say anything and they expect him to be, the, I don't know, shit. I don't know how he could do more than what he does. I mean, what the impact look, I mean, look when he's in the game, when he's not. 
Like, I mean, there's a there's a vast difference in everybody's confidence. Um, and that's based on just CJ. Like he he helps everybody. He he makes this thing go. He talks to the corners and safeties, other linebackers, D-line. He gets us set. He knows where we're supposed to be. Shit, he's over there practicing D-line drills with us, you know, during some of the periods in practice. Like, I ain't, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't I, get it. I don't know how you could say anything negative about the dude. And I mean, you know, naturally we all do it. And, you know, you see one person say, oh, CJ, this and that. And the next person like says it and they don't even know anything about CJ. They're just going to say it because the person in front of them says it. Um, but again, like we all know what we got in the Jets organization knows what we have. And I mean, we're, we're blessed and honored to have him there as our leader. Um, and, and I mean, shoot, the sky's the limit with CJ leading us. Uh, shit, I mean, he's a great player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Um, and shoot, another year with him is another year that makes me look better. <laughs> no, like, I, I just, I just, I've never really understood it. You watch him, there's a lot of stuff he does that I just don't, you know, you ask any of those linebackers in that room what goes on Monday through Saturday and how they get ready for games. And, who's getting them in the right position on game day and a lot of different things. I, I mean, whatever. I just would implore people to kind of pay attention to that. I want to ask you one more question about your defense and then just a couple questions about the schedule and some fun stuff. Sauce and, you know, obviously Sauce had an incredible rookie year. He's a guy who gets talked about. DJ Reed's starting to get some respect because I think people are so underrated. I love Michael Carter biasly, like playing MLB the show with him and stuff like that, but why does he not get talked about as much as the other guys? Just because he's a slot corner? Because I feel like he tackles really well. He's a guy that's always in the right spot. And even some of the catches he gave up last year, like, you know, obviously the infamous New England, you know, we're not going to talk about – we're not talking about that play, obviously. No no play probably gets you more shit on Twitter than that. But – I tell you, really <laughs> uh, that, At least that one was crazy. The Bengals won – eh, but, like, that, that one was crazy. But – I feel like he's a guy that makes that room, you know, we talk about D-line. I think the best cornerback in the room is the Jets room because all three starters are plus or plus plus level guys. Like that's really rare to have a really good slot guy who's young, a really good number one who's in year two, and a really good guy who's made an insane amount of, you know, (laughs) progress in his career to go from a UDFA, cut on IR, and all of a sudden now he's getting a big payday. Oh, yeah. And I mean – Shit, I think I think we have the best cornerback room in the league. And you talk about DJ and Sauce, and those guys show up to work and, and ain't no switching, ain't no, oh, DJ, I'm going with number one receiver, this and that, number one receiver, Sauce going to travel with. Ain't none of that. DJ, like, man, look, man, I play cornerback. Like, if that motherfucker line up across from me, he got to deal with me. And, and, like, seeing DJ as a dog, like, Sauce, he's going to go up, he's going to show up, and he's going to get to work. And, you know, MC is definitely somebody who should get more credit. Like, but naturally, you know, with him not being in there every single play, you know, some of that stuff is skewed. And, again, like, if you're there, if you know football, you understand how great this young guy is and you appreciate it. And I don't know if – I mean, again, not even to bring up the past, but 2018, I, you know, I played with Mikel Roby Coleman. And at that time, he was considered one of the best slots in the NFL. And, you know, just seeing that, and I'm like, dude, like, 
I'm talking about, man, this guy is sharp. And, and I'm talking about MC. He's, he's like, I mean, I'm seeing some of the stuff that he does, some of the stuff that he's seeing. And, you know, uh, I mean, shit, he's impressive. He really is. And, and me, I don't, I mean, I've seen so much shit in the NFL. I don't get impressed a lot, but seeing some of the stuff and, like, I mean, they, in meetings, our coaches will tell you they put him in the worst positions. And they only put him in the worst positions because he can do it. And that's that's a credit to him. Um, and it makes his job harder. It makes his life harder. And, you know, we can all say this catch and that catch. Like, you know, everybody gives us some catches. But you look at an overall body of work and you're probably not going to find a better slot than him. So I think he should get more credit. And, you know, Shit, we we win some games and we get to that Super Bowl. Shit, it's money for all of us out there, and you know, fans and everything else is gonna be a whole lot more quiet. So, um, I mean, look at the opportunity we have again another season. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Steeline uh, room, cornerback room. A couple of fun things. Obviously, this year, you know, last couple of years, you guys have not been on prime time a lot. Um, all anyone's talking about is how hard your schedule is in the beginning of the year and how easy it is in the second half of the year. I guess, A, do you guys look at that at all? I know you're, you know, I want, we want to go 17 and 0. We want to go in a Super Bowl. And like, it's hard, but is, is it not hard to like, do you look forward to certain matchups of certain tackles or certain guards or lines or quarterbacks or, you know, it's the Bills on Monday night. Their fan base is annoying. Like, does that, does that come into play or like, are you just like, all right, I'm just excited because we get to play football? Cause I know Monday night football, you guys have not played on it a lot not played on Sunday Night Football in 10-plus years. Like, does that stuff go into it a little bit, or are you just kind of fired up to to get going? Uh, I think – I mean, I look at things different. Um, you ask me, the 1 o'clock games, are, they are just as good as the 7 p.m. or the 8 p.m. games. Um, but you talk about prime time. You talk about guys and, and uh, you know, overcoming adversity and pressure situations, then you talk about guys who – make plays and you talk about guys who turn their shit on when the lights come on and when everybody's watching. So that's what that comes with. Um, you get Aaron Rodgers and you add a couple guys on the team and, you know, exciting defense coming back and this and that shit. Yeah, you sh we should be on prime time. Um, and, and, you know, it's no different whether we play a four or a seven. Um, shit, we're going to go out there and we're going to go do our thing and win us a game. Like, I mean, I, I do, yes, we're all excited about the prime time and me personally, I mean, I'll play Thursday night every weekend and take a little longer weekend, you know, but <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be that if it was every weekend. But no, nah, I mean, we're, we're all excited for, you know, again, there was a Black Friday game that we're in and a couple Monday night football games. Man, that shit is cool. Like, it really is. And, and you know, all eyes are on you and, and we'll see, you know, we'll see who shows up and who rides to the occasion. That's us and the team we're playing against. Um, but as far as people that I want to play against, shit, I want to play against who lined up next to me <laughs> or who lined up in front of me. Like, that's just what it is with me. And probably you can ask most of the guys on the team, and that's what they'll say, you know, because you don't get to choose your opponents. And, you know, I could be ready and, you know, uh, we practice against the Bucks and uh, Carolina. And, and those are two of arguably, you know, the best tackles in the NFL. You talk about Tristan Wirfs and Taylor Moden. And, both of those guys I've played against already. And um, to get a chance to practice against them in camp, I mean, shit, I'm, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to that. And, 
you know, shit. I know I gotta bring my shit, but they know, you know, everybody who knows me knows what's up with me too. So that's kind of one of those things that, man, look, we're about to go get that work in and and we're gonna get better. And when the season comes, the season's gonna be easy because of the work we put in in the off season. And me yeah. going to Makai every day, it's not going to be, you know, shit, Makai's heavy as hell. And I'm having to set the edge and, you know, you know, just how I go about my business shit. I, I don't care who's lined up in front of me. You know, the result is a result. And, you know, something has to happen and I have to set this edge or I have to rush the pass and I have to get past this guy. So even our offensive line, I mean, you look at them, they've gotten so much better. You get Makai back healthy, um, DB back healthy. Lakin, you know, back on his shit. ABT back healthy. City Connor or the rookie. I mean, shoot, Connor's a great center, you know, guy who knows everything, knows what he's doing, um, does a great job in the run game and in the pass game, does what he's supposed to do, you know. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited about, you know, how they're going to progress this season. And I don't think they get talked about enough. And you know, Makai, when he comes back, full confidence that he's going to push me and he's going to make sure me, Jermaine, and Will, um, pretty much who plays on, on that left side, are, are ready for the season, you know, and can't say enough good things about him, you know, and how he's transformed his body and how he's, he's got a great body of work. So looking forward to the season, looking forward to playing with those guys, man. It, it's it, it's an exciting season, definitely a season that we're all looking forward to, man, for real. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm sure Spencer Brown has been having nightmares for six months about blocking you and Bryce on the edge. He's almost got Josh Allen killed last year, but that's neither here nor that's neither here nor there. Um, I his wife got all mad at me in, on Twitter because I said whatever. We're not going to go down that route. But two, a couple of fun ones. One, you got to see high school in Texas, where I just was for my bachelor party in Austin. Great food. Very, very, very good food. Um, oh, yeah. You're born in LA. You're living in New York, New Jersey. If you had to eat, are you picking like Texas food? Are you picking kind of being here where there's a mix of everything? LA kind of sucks, so I don't really want to go down that whole route. Yeah. A little too ritzy for me. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. And it all, it's all what you make it. Um, LA, I kind of found some great spots, and I'm a big fan of hot chicken. So LA has a hundred different hot chicken places. Texas has a hundred different hot chicken places. New Jersey has a couple. They're not, you know, whatever. They're not that great, but I mean, I'm going to choose Texas first. Um, I'll definitely choose New York second more so because of the variety. Um, Sally actually got me going to a couple Michelin star restaurants and stuff. So I tried Don Angie's and and I'm not a pasta fan at all. Don't like that shit. Grew up on oven baked lasagna and I don't just like I don't like pasta no more. It was either love oven baked lasagna or spaghetti that we made at home and we ate that for four days in a row. So I'm not a fan of pasta. I went to Don Angie's and I've been ready to eat pasta just about every day since then. <laughs> so, so actually, I might be playing D tackle next year. Yeah, just, I was gonna say you're gonna hang out at Carbone and eat the the spicy uh, rigatoni and be screwed. I've never had. I've never had. I've never had it. I we'll 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 go. That's what we'll do. That's what that'll be the next. Uh, we'll do a review of well, their spice. Everyone keeps talking about it. I know Rogers went with sauce, and everyone's like gassing it up how good it is. I don't know if it's as good as it is. We'll see. Apparently, it's very, uh, very long line to get in, and 
Oh, not expensive for Posh, but if it's if it's that good, gotta have to check, gotta have to test it out. Were you when you got like when you got here? Everyone makes a big deal out of breakfast sandwiches. I I get it. I went to I went to college in New York. I got to eat them when I didn't go to college in New York. I hated it in Maryland. Um, they try to emulate it. Did you get the hype with the breakfast sandwiches, like the Taylor ham, egg and cheese, the sausage, egg and cheese, and all that stuff? Did that uh did that impress you a little bit or not too much? I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm not a fan. I don't I don't eat that Taylor ham. I don't. I like. Um, I'm a sausage egg and cheese hash brown guy. Salt pepper easy. ketchup. That's easy. Like that's done. And, and me, when I'm when I'm a little light, I'm a thorn. Piece of bacon on that too. You know. Uh, why not? Yeah. You know. Why not just Why not just uh, throw all the uh, all the meats on there? Maybe throw on some chorizo, something else on there too. Yeah, I'm like nah, but the Taylor ham, I'm just not gonna get down with. But yeah, I'm a fan of the bagels. I've always been a fan of bagels. I'm a huge breakfast fan, so. Anything breakfast I'm with, and New York definitely has. Now I will say they don't have donuts, and that's my like. That's your that's, that's your kryptonite. Like it's just kind of like Texas. There's donut like a donut shop on every corner. So I come to New York. I'm like, how the hell y'all don't got no donuts out here? Every now and then, you know, like we got the rookies going to grab us donuts on you know whatever Fridays or Saturdays, and they got to go to Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like. That, is, that and Krispy Kreme. It's like Krispy Kreme's ass. Like yes, it's just dude. not. It's uh, it's that's that. I I didn't even think about the donuts. The donuts is a problem. It's all like the franchise. It's Dunkin' Donuts, like Krispy Kreme and uh, Starbucks and stuff. It's not it's not the homemade good stuff. L. A. Does have some good donuts. I will say. Yeah, uh, that know. is Hoodoo Donuts is yeah. Donuts. <laughs> uh, no, last uh, last two things here. One. Is there any, are you like, have you gotten out to a bunch of like Yankee Mets? Like, have you, do you like going to some of these other, like, you know, basketball, watching basketball, baseball, like hockey? Have you gotten out to any of that stuff? Is that, like, is that, is that cool for you? Or like, you know, obviously the, there was the big, you know, during the playoffs, they love to throw everyone on in the, in the garden, stuff like that. Do you kind of get into basketball and, and baseball here? Or you kind of focus on, uh, just kind of focus on other stuff and get away from sports? Uh, I I went to a Dallas Stars game, which I mean might be trade a trader or whatever after going to that. But um, that was my first hockey game, and definitely gained a lot of respect for hockey during that. Um, went to a game and at the Garden, and man, that shit was dope. Like can't can't say anything negative about that because it was nothing less than the experience. Um, baseball, I've never really got into baseball. I'm throwing the first pitch at the Mexican game on the 18th. Oh, let's um, go. About to uh, about to go. I'm about to go decline the uh, MLB contract. I was gonna say you got to practice. We, we got we can't embarrass you out here. Garrett's wasn't that great. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't as impressed. I thought it was gonna be better. His boy Brett Beatty there too. Like we gotta step it up. Nah, see, I, and and I'm about to be in here. I'm, I'm about to YouTube some videos. If you 50 cent this shit, I you're not welcome back on this show. That is not happening. I'm about to. I'm about to. Uh, I don't even know a famous pitcher, but whoever the best pitcher is, I'm about to. I'm about to show them how to throw a slider. All right, there we go. Yeah, that's that's not bad because 50 cent and Conor McGregor's uh, stuff is not great. Are you a UFC guy or have you got any UFC at all or not really? I'm a boxing fan. I ain't gonna lie. I'm, I'm, I'm. Francis the Ngannou, uh, Fury fight. That is seems like a money grab, but like I'm, I'm intrigued. You know how it goes. Yeah. That, that, that's definitely that's gonna be a nice fight if Tyson Fury gonna knock him out. But I mean that that's just again that's a little bit for the money. But 
just two guys getting at the end of their careers and just trying to have a little fun with it. I respect it. Uh, and, and I respect, you know, Earl, Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford about to fight at the end of this month. And man, I'm watching every every last interview and every last piece of anything I can find on that. Cause I mean, man, that's gonna be a hell of a fight. So I'm I'm a boxing fan through and through now. Like I went to the tank fight earlier this offseason and, and it just it just sent me on over the edge. You know, I just can't get enough of boxing now. So when I finish playing, it just look for me in the ring. Yeah, all right, there we go. Hopefully we don't go on the Greg Hardy route, although Oh no. Yeah, no. although People, people universally were happy watching Greg Hardy get knocked out over and over again. Uh, I am excited for the John Jones uh, Stipe fight in the Garden. I hope John Jones doesn't retire after that. I know he's talked about it, but best yeah. fighter of ever, best uh, pound for pound, pound for pound UFC fighter ever. Last one. Obviously, we talked about the schedule. I know you kind of mentioned. Are you excited to go play in Dallas? I don't know if you ever played in Dallas. Are you like excited to go back to Texas and play like a, a big game like that? Or is there any stadiums that you guys play in this year? I know you guys go to Vegas. Um, obviously it's the first time since that stadium has been built. Is there anything like that that you like give any of those circle, any locations like family wise or like getting friends going be on the go home, stuff like that? Uh, I mean, it's always cool going home. Um, but going home also means that I have to answer. Uh, I was going to say, you're going to have a million texts on tickets and, tickets and Houston and massage parlors. No, sorry. That was too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, too soon. <laughs> no, for sure. it, it's definitely one of those, like, it's bittersweet. Like, it's cool. We all love seeing family. We all want the family at the game. And, you know, one thing I don't want to do is answer a thousand texts about what tickets and And one is July. So, like, being realistic, I don't I don't much know what I'm doing next week on a day to day basis, let alone September, whatever that is. And I gotta remember a hundred thousand tickets for these people. Like it's just it's unrealistic. Um and but I, again, as a family member and you know, people that I love, like cool, like they should ask me and ain't no problem. Um and, and you know, last time I played in Texas, uh, in Texas, shoot, I had the best game of my career. So I'm about to go out the motherfucker and try to do the same thing. Yeah, there we go. There we go. And actually win defensive player of the week. Yeah, that was crazy. No, it's uh, it'll be interesting. The Cowboys tickets, uh, they definitely have made a, a mint on expensive, expensive regular season tickets. I was curious just looking at them. Oof. Uh, upper decks like in the 400s or at 400 bucks a ticket that, and that stadium's like massive so good luck with good luck with buying those seats um no i appreciate uh i appreciate you hopping on obviously you guys getting you know get started here in you know eight or nine days and you know hall of fame game which sorry fans people uh players do not like the hall of fame game it means camp starts a week and a half early but i uh, appreciate you obviously uh you know taking some time and you know in between workouts and everything like that no, without a doubt, man. Appreciate the opportunity and shoot, look forward to catching back up soon.